welcome to the Medical Receptionist Network podcast show. I'm your host, Siobhan Atkins. Join us as we discuss the importance of clerical and administrative roles and their impact on the healthcare industry. Hello, welcome to the Medical Receptionist Network podcast show. My name is Siobhan Atkins and I'll be your host. Welcome to episode 25. So today we just want to first remind you to always visit medicalreceptionistnetwork.com. And also you may follow us on Facebook at Medical Receptionist Network, as well as Instagram and LinkedIn. So today's episode, we're going to talk about the minor inconveniences that may happen at the front desk, things that you walk into work and you're not necessarily expecting and throw out some examples of what could happen and how do you kind of manage those or deal with that as the first person who may enter the office that day. So for instance, what if you come to work, you arrive at your office and you realize that over the weekend, the cleaning crew missed a few of the bathrooms, right? The trash is still overflowing. The surfaces haven't been wiped down. So what what do you do in that case? Do you block off those bathrooms until you have more support when someone can actually go and take out the trash, make it as clean as possible until your uh, cleaning crew comes back in? Or do you just take that first five minutes, run around, you know, clean up surfaces, get get some gloves, get some sanitizing products, empty out the trashes, you know, and it, it all depends on how your office works, right? If you're coming in at 6.55 and you know there's a patient at the door at 7 a.m., you may have to just close off a couple of rooms, wait till someone else comes in, and then they can assist you or you go ahead and take care of that. This is not an emergency, but it is an inconvenience, right? You're usually expect to go into work. Everything has been cleaned up and fresh for your patients the next day. And things like this do happen. You know, everyone gets sick, right? Everyone uh, misses a day of work and maybe they didn't have backup or be the, the person who worked last weekend was new and they just didn't realize they had to clean every bathroom in every area or whatever the case may be. You know, that's something that's a minor inconvenience, not an emergency, but you walk into work, that's not what you're expecting to do that day, right? Another inconvenience that may happen is you get to work and someone calls out of work five minutes before their shift starts. Now you're used to working with two or three people, maybe this particular day, now you're gonna be on your own for the first hour and your phones are on, you have patients coming in, you have providers coming in who may need things from you. And so how do you best deal with that? And usually, obviously, if there's no supervisor or manager on duty, at least let them know if they weren't the one to notify you. Usually that's the way it should go, but you never know. You know, maybe someone had an accident on the way to work and they text you, hey, I'm not gonna make it in, or it was just easier for them to call the office and there was no manager, so you answered and you got the call first. So now you know what to expect. You're gonna have patients coming in, you're gonna have to get people registered or checked in. How are you going to deal with that on your own? We've all been there, but staying calm obviously is number one. And being organized overall and having whatever documents people need to sign, knowing you know if you need insurance cards, if you need records and things like that, and being prepared and maybe looking ahead on the schedule and looking to see who has things that are updated and who doesn't so you know right away when they do come in, okay, here's your packet or please log in here and fill out your check-in, whatever your system is at your office. And then 
if there is no supervisor or manager yet on duty, letting them know if you were the first one to get the call, what's happening, maybe they can come in sooner or they can arrange for someone else to assist you. Again, it's not an emergency, right? Everyone will get seen. You just have to take your time and still give everyone the same amount of attention. Let them know, hey, I'm a little, we're a little short this morning. Please give me an extra few minutes. I'll call you back up, have them sign in, just general things like that. The other thing that may happen, one of many, right? There's so many different things that can happen, but what if you come in and you realize that there is a partial power outage, right? It's not the whole building, it's just some, maybe a breaker or circuit or something is out and you need to uh, make sure that the other people coming in are aware, hey, we only have use of half our rooms today. Uh, make sure all the important areas where things are charging, things need to be moved. You know, if you're the first one to know that this is an issue, you obviously, first, we're gonna notify the people who need to know this, right? If you have techs that perform any kind of procedures that require medical equipment other than just turning on the light and using water and, <laughs> and uh, regular instruments, if there are things that have to be charged, then you wanna make sure your medical assistance or your techs, even a provider is aware, hey, you know, when you first come in, you need to move things around or check X, Y, and Z. You may not be able to fix all of those issues yourself, but you could easily put a note on all the doors, room three, seven, and nine, power's out, we have partial lighting in the front office, and then obviously at some point you'll be able to discuss with your supervisor, your manager, whether you're going to go with operations as usual, is there an electrician that you call, is there a maintenance for the building, or someone who can help you with this issue. But having those contact numbers handy is very important because that's not something that you would expect. And if your office or your building is not a private office and it's you know managed by a different company or maintenance, then you wanna always make sure you, your uh, manager has that stuff where you can access it. Because a lot of times as a medical receptionist, you're at the front desk, you're in first some of the time. So you wanna make sure you know how to get to all the important people, your maintenance folks, your plumbers, your electricians, obviously emergency departments, that's different, but this is not an emergency but it's not something that you can fix maybe the electrical boxes in a basement and that you don't have a key to things like that so always kind of just try to think about how can you make things easier for the next round of people who are coming in including the patients right if you know someone's scheduled for a procedure and the ultrasound machine the room that something like that is in you want to notify them because maybe you have to reschedule maybe you have to move them to later in the day till things are rectified and just thinking about those things as opposed to kind of panicking and not doing anything right you just want to make sure you get to the right people depending on the circumstance or the situation and those are the inconveniences that will affect you first and then later on, obviously, your patients. Another set of inconveniences come directly from patients, right? You have late arrivals and transportation. In different areas, you're going to have more issues with transportation, whether they're dependent on local scheduled transportation, whether they're using the train or bus systems, family members uh, are required to bring them to appointments and things like that. What is the process in your office? What is the late policy? Is your office flexible? Is it very strict? Are your patients aware? You really have to treat everyone the same and fairly, but at the same time, what is the policy of your office? If someone comes in 10 minutes late versus 40 minutes late, is there a difference on how your office will handle that? Are they coming in for a procedure versus an annual checkup or a routine visit that can be rescheduled easily? Or is what they're coming in for time sensitive 
And is it up to you to make the decision, right? Is there a policy in place? Is there a process in place that you follow? Who's the next person that you have to confirm with? Is it a manager? Is it a physician? Is it a nurse? Um, and just making sure that you're following whatever the process is that your office has in place. And if you don't know what that is, then you wanna definitely go ahead and find out what that is so that you know what to do every time. And it's not like a surprise every time someone comes in late or you say things like, oh, I don't know if we can see you, but the last time you might've said, oh, it's fine, you know, have a seat. The first step might just be checking your schedule. You might actually have an opening where you could easily put that person in and just let them know there might be a little bit of a wait. But if that is not the process of your office and you're not the first line to decide what happens, when someone is late, just make sure you know what to do. And if there's time frames, maybe people get one freebie and then the next time it's like, hey, if you're more than 20 minutes late, we may not be able to accommodate you just so that the patient is aware. Also, another issue that may happen with patients is they are required to bring certain documentation, whether it's lab results, their insurance card, copies of past imaging reports or discs and things like that. So do you reschedule? If they don't have them, do you help them obtain the records? Do you give them time to call another office? Do you give them time to maybe look up their new insurance online? You know, there's all kinds of scenarios where these things may not take five minutes, right? So what is your office's policy or procedure with that? If your appointments or consultations or something that is very deeply focused on the reports and things that patients are waiting on how much time do you give them to get get that information to you do you just immediately give them a piece of paper that has your fax number or an email address where the information can be sent to you fairly quickly or do you call yourself you know do you enlist a nurse to help you with that and just whatever that is what are the steps you take to keep the things going smoothly in the office keep the appointments going you know what is the process for that so if someone has a two o'clock appointment they come in at 155 and they don't have their documentation versus someone who came in at 140 you have a little more time there so what are the steps that you would take what is the procedure is it the same every time and those are the things you need to know at your office and you know what is the best way to address that when it happens another issue is along the lines of appointments but what if someone comes in on the wrong day right do you immediately just say oh no your appointments tomorrow and leave it at that do you check the schedule do you get permission to either add them in later, to squeeze them in now, what is the process in that case? Sometimes it may be great. It might be a lighter day, put the patient in, easy, right? What if it's a very busy day and the patient says, oh, you know, I really, I, I took the day off and my son brought me here today and he doesn't live in town. You know, when you have these situations, it's not always very cut and dry. But also if your office has a solid process or procedure that you are directed to follow, then you have to you know, follow that. And if you know this has happened time and time again, and there is no leeway with that, then you know that you can stand, stand firm in your response. But if that is not the case, what is the next step? Do you have to go straight to the doctor or the nurse or the counselor or the therapist? Or do you go through the nurse or your manager? Or are you at liberty to make that decision on your own within your responsibilities at the front desk? Also, how do you handle appointments when a provider or one of your specialty service providers are running late. And I'm not talking five, 10 minutes. I mean, I'm stuck in traffic. I'll be there in an hour and a half. They probably have three to four patients already lined up to see. What is your process? Because it is the provider being late. Do you notify the patients? Do you keep them, allow them to 
keep coming in? Do you go maybe an hour or two in the schedule and start moving people back? Are you required to then cut, you know, the day short because you know you're going to be running late? And are you, you know, do you have to reschedule patients or are they willing to stay late? Whatever the process is, you should know that ahead of time so that as soon as you get that information, you know exactly what to do. Either you're going to uh, call the first few patients if you can catch them. If not, they're probably already coming in and you let notify them right away. Hey, we'll be happy to see you. The provider's running X amount of time late and then let them make the decision and then you go to rescheduling. Or do you automatically, okay, the first few people are here, they're all willing to wait, but now by the time we get to 12 o'clock, we're gonna be two hours behind. So we start calling those people, moving them later, moving them to another day. All offices are different. So there's no one size fit all answer, but you need to know what your practice prefers, what is the culture there, what is the preference, what are the requirements by your manager, the doctor, what are the time constraints, like we have to see everyone by seven or eight, you know, five o'clock, whatever the case may be. And, you know, making sure that you're making patients aware of the situation and also updating whoever the service provider is and say, hey, okay, we were able to move this many people. You will be a little busy this morning. However, we were able to lighten up the afternoon and, and spread things out a bit for everyone to you know, be a little more comfortable and not feeling rushed, right? So you, you wanna do what's best for your office and what's most definitely best for the patients. And also, whenever you're dealing with the, the inconveniences that you know, some people may find things to be an inconvenience, sometimes it's just a daily occurrence, right? It's part of your everyday work life. However, when something does happen, who was responsible for what, right? Who can help you in this situation? Almost anyone who works in your office can probably make a phone call, right? If you have a lot of patients coming in, but you need to make calls, is there someone that is next in line to help you make those calls? Is that written down somewhere? Are they aware of that, right? So if you're pulling someone from a different department and then they're being resistant to assisting you, the only reason they're doing that is because they've never done it or they haven't had to do it. And no one ever told them, hey, if we're extremely short or if there's any kind of um, office issue, you may have to help the front desk until someone else you know, comes in who actually does this job every day. Um, you don't wanna run into that when you're already a little bit under stress, right? If you're having a little stressful situation, it's great to help each other, right? You gotta support each other. In emergency, everyone automatically jumps in, helps everyone. But when it's not quite an emergency and it's just a little change in the day, you know, they, people might not be as uh, willing to help you. So it's good to have things in place where you know, okay, the supervisor of this department can help me if, if there is a partial power outage, if a toilet overflows, or if, you know, a doctor's running late, whatever the case may be, this person can help you, especially if you're upfront alone for, you know, definitely happens in the morning or at the end of the day, things happen. And, you know, that's usually when a lot of people start to go home, you'd have one person closing and things like that, but there's still someone else who can assist you. So you always want to know who should I go to next, right? Not, um, you don't want to have to be, you know, figuring out this plan as it's happening. So it's always kind of good to know ahead of time, having important phone numbers in place, including your supervisors and managers, any services that pertain to your office building itself. If you are in large facility or a small facility, there's usually designated maintenance and uh, service folks that your group works with specific. And everything doesn't always go as planned. And usually, you know, as the front desk, 
No one will hesitate to ask you to help when there's a problem. So they should also be just as willing to help you if you have an issue. You know, there's gonna be tons of unique situations that, that you encounter and your ability to stay calm and organized is always going to help you. So if your office, your front desk, if you guys prepare for the next day, doing that comes even in more handy when, when you walk into work and things are not set going as planned as they normally do. You know, this may only happen a couple times out of the year, but it happens, right? And there's weather events that happen, all kinds of things that are just taking place and you have to kind of be as prepared with your plan B and okay, you know, knowing what to do first, what will make the day a little more bearable. And in those situations, if there is no manager and there's no supervisor available to you, do not be afraid to delegate if you know you cannot handle it because then you will become overwhelmed and you will be less effective, right? So sometimes you gotta be able to delegate, take on a small leadership role for just a, you know, a moment and be willing to, to reach out for assistance because if you don't ask, sometimes people don't realize that you do actually need a hand, that you need a little help. So never be afraid to ask for help and um, hopefully your your team will support you. Teamwork makes your dream work and I always believe that and we can't, you know, run, run the show by ourselves all the time. <laughs> okay, so in closing with that, just gonna give a quick definition today. But the definition is regarding transfers of care. So what is a transfer of care? A transfer of care occurs when one physician turns over responsibility for the comp a comprehensive care of a patient to another physician. The transfer may be initiated by either the patient or by the patient's physician. It may be either permanent or for a limited time based on the patient's wishes or condition status. And that definition came from the Academy, American Academy of Family Physicians. So when you experience transfers of care, it can be because someone moved, it can be because their diagnosis changed, it can be because they're on a medication that needs to be managed specifically by a certain type of specialist or the testing that they now require. And again, it can be permanent and it can be for short periods of time. Sometimes if someone has cancer, there are certain things that their primary may not feel comfortable doing until it's approved by their oncologist. Or if someone is having a neurological situation that requires extra care, they might always have to, you know, go through that care team before they can make a decision. So a lot of times people will transfer care for short periods of time and long-term if their disease or diagnosis is something that their current care team cannot address. So that is transfer of care. So please remember to visit medicalreceptionistnetwork.com. I have a little joke from the National Healthcare Association website. It says, a man speaks frantically into the phone. My wife is pregnant and her contractions are only two minutes apart. And they ask, is this her first child? No, you idiot. The man shouts, this is her husband. <laughs> okay. On that note, thank you for listening to episode 25 of the Medical Receptionist Network podcast. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Medical Receptionist Network podcast show. Don't forget to visit our website, medicalreceptionistnetwork.com, and subscribe to our newsletter. If you're looking for a great resource for medical receptionists, make sure you grab your copy of the Medical Receptionist Handbook to Success available on Amazon. 
Lastly, if you have not subscribed to this podcast, please find us on your favorite podcast player and subscribe today. Until next time, keep being amazing.